Welcome to The Landscape, a Crane's Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks for joining us. Following in the footsteps of a political legend is never easy, but Mayor Dan Horrigan has done that. He was Akron's first elected mayor in some 28 years. There were two interim mayors between Mayor Horrigan and Don Plasquelic, but the mayor has carved out his own space as the leader of one of Ohio's biggest cities. And he joins us today on The Landscape to talk all things Rubber City. Mayor, thanks for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. What a great introduction. You were elected, as we said, in 2016. That's when you took office, but you had been on Akron City Council. You've been the clerk of the Summit County uh, Courts, Common Pleas Court there. How did those positions help shape what you do now as mayor? You know, I I often talk about um, the notion of public service. And to me, really, public service is a lot about customer service. And I think as as governments, I, I think this should be top down. We're here to help. And I think that's the key question that we have to ask ourselves in whatever office that we do is that, you know, asking that question, how do we help you instead of what do you want? Uh, and sometimes government gets that notion. So it's really trying to change that that notion of how, you know, local government being the most, you know, the most close to people, you know, and have a, a pretty significant direct effect on their lives every day. And that could be in the clerk's office, that could be on council, that could be in the mayor's office. Each of that has a role to be able to affect people, I think, in a positive way. This has a very large scope um, to be able to do that. And so we're trying to use all of that, I think, to affect people's lives in, in, a, in a good way. Sometimes, you know, we get it right a lot. Um, sometimes, you know, it, we're human and we make mistakes. But, you know, it's the effort. And I think that's the, what we try and do on a daily basis. So all of my, I think, previous experiences, whatever job I had, it was always working with people. And I think that's the strength. You want to get people who are working in government that like to do that, too. And, and certainly, uh, I think we found a niche to be able to do that. Let's talk about some of the things that are happening in Akron. Like Cleveland, Akron doesn't have the manufacturing base it once did. So we're looking to other sectors to help provide jobs. How does Bounce help address that need in your city? Well, you know, when you look at, and you're right, on the manufacturing side, and that exit has started, you know, probably a generation or two ago to be able to do that. There's also, we also have a very strong manufacturing base, I would say, across Northeast Ohio um, with that. And I think it's leveraging that with those educational institutions to be able to prepare kids for what's next. And I think that's the message that we try and take to, to public school and to all schools to say, there are plenty of opportunities here. Obviously, all of us have seen a significant population loss over the last 50 or 60 years. You know, how are we... How are we addressing that brain drain uh, and asking those kids, you know, if you have an opportunity to move somewhere else and go somewhere else, what are the key questions that we can ask you? And so Bounce really is kind of that entrepreneur or innovation hub. Um, it's really getting a collection of people together, the innovators, the entrepreneurs, the people that ask the question, how do we combine all of those really smart people into a room and say, you know, go figure something out. You know, how do you, and it's, to me, it's the collision. We've seen it happen a number of places across the country when you look at, uh, you know, Silicon Valley and Austin and in that uh, area up around Boston are unique in their ways. You know, we were we were the Polymer Valley. You know, we were the Silicon Valley of 100 years ago. When you look at the innovation from Northeast Ohio that really generated a significant amount of people and wealth, and it went and built the world in the in in steel and rubber and glass and tires and all of those. I think it's trying to capture that same spirit because we're we're kind of doers here. We do get stuff done. We fix things. We tinker things. We make things, and then we kind of ship them out to build other big things. And you see that, I think, in recent investments, you know, certainly a a great news that Intel is investing, you know, probably $20 billion a couple hours south. That creates a significant opportunity for our educational institutions, I think, to collaborate, you know, better on that and how are we turning out that workforce to be able to man up or person up to be able to work at Intel. Like many cities, Akron is receiving money from the American Rescue Plan Act, some $65 million. You're going to devote some of that money to increasing police and fire jobs. Is that an area you think that the city had fallen behind on? 
Well, I don't think we've fallen behind, but certainly not even with the last couple of years, how we recruit our our workforce across the city needs to reflect how the city looks like, too. And so we need to have a more diverse workforce. And so we've looked at our numbers. So recruiting on that end, we're also, you know, competing against private sector and a number of police departments and fire departments across the country, because there is a lot of mobility to be able to do that. Um, We've always gone back and forth on what the right number is. And so we have two significant classes to be able to get that. What really affects that too, is that we have a generation of people that are close to my age, or maybe a couple of years younger and older that are hitting that retirement. And they're going to continue to retire over the next five to seven years. Uh, And so we need to be able to catch up and keep up with those retirements and I see you see departments across the country, you know, as people hit 30 and 35 years, they are retiring and, and they've earned that. So our classes need to be a little bit bigger to, ke- to keep up with retirements. But people will make that decision. Sometimes they don't necessarily have to tell us, which is fine. So we need to be able to keep that number to make sure that we have that right number at all times, too. You're going to dedicate some $1.3 million to help prevent youth violence. How's that money going to be used? Will it go to community organizations? How will that work? There's a number of ways we've recently hired a, um, and I, I, I want to say uh, youth opportunity, even though the, the violence part of it is that end part, but how are we giving them an opportunity before that necessarily is an issue? And so there are a number of nonprofits in the city uh, that we are trying to help to say, okay, how are we making better connections when it comes to accountability, when it comes to opportunity, and when it comes to intervention? And so we put together, you know, a five-point plan, you know, about six months ago and really funding that to make an investment into kids. I think one way that the city can help, and we have done this before, we've hired a number of Akron Public School kids in high school as a part-time internship. We need to be able to expand that. And so we're, we're looking at a number to say, okay, if you're a high school senior, we're going to give you a job opportunity with the city of Akron for your senior year. Obviously, it's part-time. You don't have to take it, but we're trying to recruit people too to come work for the city of Akron in all of our departments. How do we create a really good internship program for high school seniors you know, in, in that last year. And it's like I said, it's part time. We'd pay you about $15 an hour. Um, and it, we, we look at some requirements to be able to do that. It's another opportunity. And certainly we'll ask the private sector, you know, a number of these kids have jobs anyway. We need to be able to, to say what's an internship of the program at the city of Akron look like. And that would be across departments, not only in public safety, but in engineering, in law, in street maintenance, all of those different things. I want them to get a flavor of what of working for the city of Akron would look like because we need to be able to recruit also. You made infrastructure a major priority of your administration. I don't think anybody would argue this is a place where it seems like all across the country it's fallen behind. It's been neglected. How did we get to this point? Well, yeah, it's it's the lack of investment over the last 50 or 75 years, too. When you look at when cities like Akron and Toledo and Cleveland and a lot of Northeast Ohio communities that, you know, with 100 years ago, they were booming people and infrastructure and water and sewer. This is the end life for a lot of this. Coming into office, we, we had done a survey and one of the most popular things, um, not popular, but there was a big complaint about this, the condition of the roads. And so we actually went out and passed a, an inc- a small income tax increase that I ended up passing with almost 70% of the uh, approval because we dedicated it to three things, police, fire, and roads. And so we've been able to resurface about 55 miles roads a year just on that income tax increase. And we will continue to do that. Obviously, I think there's some opportunities with the federal government at some particular point as they get through the infrastructure part of how do we replace more water mains. And we find water mains that are 100 years old or even older. And then, you know, obviously we have to replace them and we've graded them all. You know, we know where the brakes are. We know that the number of brakes that they had. So we have a pretty good idea of where this needs to be replaced. It's actually putting the money in the investment. It's going to take some time to catch up, but I think we've made significant progress in the condition of the roads over the last three, four years. 
You talked about the population decline that Akron and much of Northeast Ohio and the state of Ohio has seen. And I know it's been an effort. You've made an effort to try to get people to come back to Akron or move to Akron. How's that going? Well, we've, it, and it kind of depends on the marketplace. Um, we didn't gain people in the last census count, even though I, I have some I have some issues with how they did it and, and whether they threw some things out. We didn't lose as much as we thought either. And so I think we've plateaued at that part. Now, it's really a customer service question. If people are moving out of the city, my question is, OK, why? Well, we can address a number of those concerns. Is it is it about infrastructure? Is it about economic opportunity or educational opportunity? So a, a lot of those different things is providing those. One of the things that we did is that we knew our housing market wasn't very good. Because uh, there wasn't a whole lot of new housing in the city of Akron, quite frankly, and not a lot of people had left the city and they moved to surrounding suburbs, a lot like a lot of other communities our size or even a little bit bigger. When you see Columbus, you see they've been expanding and there's a lot of natural advantages to be in the state capital and, and Ohio State University and all of those. We all have a lot of that great infrastructure to be able to build upon. And so with our housing market, we actually abated property tax for 15 years if you built a new house. And so we've seen a significant investment like Cleveland, like Columbus, like Pittsburgh into our downtown area, but we've even moved it out into the neighborhoods, obviously. And we see a number of units being built. There are 500 completed over the last three years and have 700 in the pipeline and in the planning process. So to me, it's another one of those customer service questions or people are leaving me because they can't find a good house or an affordable house. How do we be able to do that? And, and we've been able to meet that market so far. Now it's kind of tweaking that to say, okay, now that we have some of these empty lots, how are we encouraging people to A, either take care of them or maybe build a house on them or use them as a public park? And like I said, it's a lot of the catch up for the last 30 or 40 years as that population has decreased. We're joined by Mayor Dan Horrigan. He is the mayor of Akron. He joins us today for the Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. We're glad you can be with us. I'm Dan Paletta. Mayor, residential development downtown seems to be going well. What about restaurants, bars, entertainment venues? People, part of the reason people want to live in a downtown is because they want to be close to things to, to hang out and do fun stuff, and for lack of a better term. How's that going? We have seen significant investment. It's almost like you can separate the, what the last two years have been like because, you know, it, it, in unprecedented you know, the entire economy stopped at some particular point two years ago, and we're starting to emerge from that. And so we're trying to not necessarily catch back up, but there's an incentive part of that too when it comes to, we've seen the residential part pick back up. We've made a significant investment into our infrastructure. When it comes to Main Street, we've completely rebuilt it. There's one little section that's going to be completed here by the end of May. So that part is kind of done. We're even investing into our public park, which is Lock 3, which is our central park. And it was primarily a concert venue over the last six, 17 or 18 years. We're turning that into a more of a public park. And so as we see that, we are seeing the number of restaurants open up. We are talking to a number of vendors to be able to say downtown is its own neighborhood. And like I said, we've taken that model from like the Pittsburgh and the Cleveland and the Columbus on a smaller scale, obviously, because of the number of people, but it can thrive here. And so we'll still have to incentivize that to make sure restaurants and dry cleaners and daycares and a grocery store all can fit there. And it's also, you know, profitable for them. Businesses want to open up. They got to make, they have to make sure that the market is here with the number of people. Now it's one of those ancillary things that they need to be able to, to, you know, whether it's transit, scooters, all of those different retail amenities that I mentioned, a significant amount of plans to be able to put them down there. And hopefully, you know, they'll continue to open up. Like I said, you can probably separate the last two years just because everybody said, hey, don't go anywhere, work from home, wear a mask, get a vaccine, all of those different things. We're emerging from that. And I think back to a place where we can start to do those gatherings again and people start to see that scale to say, hey, that is a good business opportunity because there are a lot of people down there and it's physically being able to see that. And to me, I think that's the exciting part as it grows. 
you mentioned Lock 3, you're in the final phase of that project. This is more than just a government project. There's a lot of private investment into this. Who are some of the partners who are working with the city to, to get Lock 3 finished? Yeah, and philanthropic too. There's the Knight Foundation, GAR Foundation, the Ohio and Erie Canal Coalition, us, and some private donation to Phil Maynard Foundation. Uh, and it's a $10 million investment into our central core on top of what we've already done when it comes to the streetscape. And, and the plans are very exciting when it comes to having, a, I think, a world-class outdoor venue. Obviously, it's smaller in scale, but we saw a lot of, it was very popular. It's been popular for 17 years. Even during the, you know, probably right at the beginning of the vaccine last year, we saw record crowds at Lock 3 because we do have free concerts on Friday night and people come from three, four, five counties away and it could be a cover band, but this is something that we've always done really well. Now it's the investment back into a public park and that's maybe more tables, more shading, but it's still, like I said, a uh, three different types of venues to be able to watch a show. To me, that's, that's what people have told us Listen, this is what we want. We want better public space, better public parks. And to me, that's what a lot of this ARPA money is going to go into investing in those public spaces and public parks. We mentioned the residential development downtown. Apartments are springing up. But how about downtown office space? That's been tough for businesses, obviously, during the pandemic because everybody worked from home. Are you seeing a return to workers in downtown into the office spaces? I'd like to see a stronger trickle than what it is. Obviously, um, and this is how we dictate this. I'm not a fan of the work from home for environment, just because I think there does need to be some sort of separation. But I'm also realistic that companies need to be competitive. And if the marketplace says, hey, listen, we need to do some sort of hybrid or we need to do something like this, I'm certainly respectful of that part of it. But obviously, we've made a significant investment into some of those buildings. We don't have a number of them. Uh, and a lot of them, you know, there are people that have come back, some of our major employers. And what really has helped is that three of our major employers downtown or close to downtown or hospitals and medical. And so that has kind of helped helped us a little bit on that side of it. There are other buildings that as people start to come back, but they need to be competitive in that work environment too. And that may be offering maybe two days at home or three days at home. Obviously with the state changing their tax requirements of where you can tax people, you know, that causes us concern about some of those investments that we've made. We'll continue to look at buildings and each one of those opportunities to say, are they a, are they a work from downtown? Are they a close to home? Is it a gathering space? We can attract people just as easy as, just as easy as we can attract companies too. It's like walking and chewing gum. Yes, we're going to go after the company that has a thousand people, but I'm also going to go after the person that may want to work. They work for a company in Milwaukee or Arizona or Texas. They can also live here today. And, and to me, I think having both of those environments, I think helps. We spent some of our discussion here talking about downtown development. How are things going in the neighborhoods, places like Middlebury, Highland Square? Are we seeing developments in terms of housing and other things going on in the Akron neighborhoods? Yeah, we looked at like um, we had a number of large parcels that we said, OK, what is the best use for these? And so when Middlebury Commons was completed just a couple of years ago, that was a significant housing development into the Middlebury part. We have another um, uh we have another investment opportunity coming up with another group that's going to do some housing in Middlebury. And if you look out west a little bit where Perkins School was, that lot is turning into new housing. So we have seen a significant number of houses go up in neighborhoods. Sometimes they're just singles where somebody bought a lot and they want to build a house because of the property tax abatement. So we've seen a significant amount. We're also kind of a dense area. And as, as some of those lots have become available, obviously we got to own a lot of those through 2008 and 2009. Another big area for investment is going to be around Summit Lake. But that vision is actually driven by the neighborhood and a lot of other strategic partners to say, what is it that we want to see around Summit Lake? Because it's an inland lake that connects to the canal that can provide some of those opportunities to say it's not only retail, but it's also good affordable housing and it's also a good mix 
we're seeing that as that vision plan comes to fruition. And then as we fill in with some of those empty lots, this is it, it was never a one-year plan or a two-year plan. To me, I think it's a multi-generational plan to rebuild the interior of the city in some of those areas that had never seen investment for the last 40 or 50 years. And I think that's the key to part of that is investing in areas where they've never have seen us. And I think those make, those make for safer and stronger neighborhoods. You've been chipping away at this enormous federal mandate that was going to cost Akron over a billion dollars to improve the sewer systems and protect local waterways. How's that process going? You know, actually, you know, we, we've spent a little north of $600 million, and there are about 700 consent decrees across the country. And, I, and I've made an argument that ours is probably the most strenuous on us just because it mandated that we had to do this. And we've never abdicated our role in being able to clean the river. And as you remember, back in the early 60s, the Chicago River caught fire because of the industrial waste that went in. Now it was declared the river of the year uh, in 2019 because of those efforts to be able to clean it up. Um, we are coming up, with, we, are, we have one further proposal in front of both state EPA and federal EPA that we'll take to the court that we think we can save a significant amount of money by changing a couple of things on the consent decree. And we can probably save north of $150 million to be able to do that. And it's it just getting everybody to agree that this is a better plan. It also involves taking down the last dam on the Cuyahoga River. Uh, and probably its biggest one too, and which would improve the water quality a lot. It's it's a significant amount of time and effort on our part um, in investing and to say, okay, what's the best next step forward? Because we're paying for 150 years of industrial policy, and we're he- we're heaping the cost on a generation and a half. And quite frankly, I think my grandkids should help pay for this too. So there's a number of ideas that we have put out there to be able to help extend the payments, extend the timeline, but still meet our goal of cleaning the river and make it more enjoyable for everybody. We've talked a lot about the similarities between Cleveland and Akron. Another similarity, our baseball teams have changed names. What's the deal? What do you think about Akron homers instead of the rubber ducks? Well, it's just a temporary change for those days uh, that they're honoring on on that part of it too. It's not a permanent change from rubber okay. ducks, and so uh, and I'm I'm sure if that did happen, it would it would be a lot of community input. But they want to do some things to highlight some local flavor, and we have great ownership in Ken Babby and the group, and so we've invested a significant amount of money in the stadium the last couple of years. New seating, air conditioning, a lot of different things, lighting, the nets, and that that is working with ownership. We actually own the stadium, so it, it listen. It's a great driver for economic development for the city because you know thousands of people come down there for every game. It's you know what are we doing after, and that's getting a bite to eat, going somewhere else. And so, like I said, it's a great ownership. Certainly looking forward to hearing those two words. You know, play ball sometime in mid-April, and uh, looking forward to baseball getting started again. Indeed. Mayor Dan Horrigan, thanks so much for joining us today for The Landscape. Great pleasure having you today. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Mayor Dan Horrigan joined us for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. We're glad you joined us too. I'm Dan Paletta. We'll talk again soon. 